I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true because it's true. That are out on the streets that we define as homeless, we better solve the housing problem if we're going to have an impact. And that's why we established this framework, what we call a 10-year plan to end chronic homeless in San Francisco. So that second clip was Gavin Newsom as San Francisco's mayor in 2008 saying that he had a plan to clean up the homeless. The first one was him addressing rumors that he only cleaned up San Francisco because President Xi of China was visiting, in which he said that's true. We're going to get into more of it, and I'm going to play some clips and show you how sick it is that San Francisco, especially, I mean, a lot of parts of California, but especially San Francisco has been dirty, crime is rising, there's trash and homeless everywhere, and they act like they don't know what to do until a foreign leader shows up, and all of a sudden they have the solution for the problem. Very fascinating. I think it proves that they don't care about us, they just care about themselves, similar to how he was found doing a dinner with lobbyists when he told people not to have dinner. He was having dinner because he was talking to health and, uh, I would say health industry lobbyists, but a lot of stuff to cover today, folks. Dreamware podcast. I got a few clips. Starts now. It's the Dream Rare podcast. Welcome to the show. The way to get the news at the desk or on the road. Let's go. God is great and success in our control. The world is crazy, but we get better from obstacles. Yeah. What's going on, folks? So this is the story of the day. I'm going to stick to this mostly. Uh, Governor of California, Gavin Newsom, he pretty much admits that he cleaned up the streets of San Francisco because he has foreign leaders visiting. Here's a little clip and compilation I made. Take a watch. Many people online are noticing that Gavin Newsom cleaned up San Francisco because foreign leaders like China's President Xi are visiting San Francisco. He addressed those rumors by saying that's true because it's true. I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true because it's true. But it's also true for months and months and months prior to APEC, we've been having different conversations. This plays into my thought that they could clean up the cities anytime that they want to. They just don't care about you. When the Olympics come around or a foreign leader visits the city, all of a sudden the streets look spotless. Isn't that interesting? When are American taxpayers going to wake up? Here's Newsom in 2008 as San Francisco's mayor saying he had a 10-year plan to fix homeless. We believe fundamentally that food solves hunger, that shelters solve sleep, and that housing solves homelessness. And if we're going to solve the problem, uh, of those that are out on the streets that we define as homeless, we better solve the housing problem if we're going to have an impact. And that's why we established this framework, what we call a 10-year plan to end chronic homeless in San Francisco. I believe they could fix the problem of homeless, trash streets, and rising crime if they really actually wanted to. Maybe if China's president stays for a few years, they'll keep the city clean for a few years. What do you and I just want to show you one more clip. He doubled down and he said, if you have guests in your house, don't you want to clean it up? Anytime you put on an event, by definition, you know, you have people over your house, you're going to clean up the house. You have 21 world leaders, you've got tens of thousands of people coming from all uh, around the globe. Uh, what an opportunity to showcase the world's most extraordinary place, San Francisco. The world's most extraordinary place, right? Um, yeah, if you have an event at your house, you want to clean it up and make it extra nice, but you shouldn't live in shit, piss, and heroin needles for like 15 years, let your kids suffer through that, and then you have an event with your elite friends, and then you fix up the house, and then you let it go to shit again as soon as they leave, and you're literally like 
bathing and sleeping in human feces. Like that's a analogy that he kind of messed up. He's like, don't you want to like fix your house if you're having an event? Yeah, but would you sleep in shit for 15 years until one event? And then like, did, is that a metaphor or simile or analogy that makes sense to him? It's like, yeah, you do want to fix it up. But what does it say to the taxpayers and the people who live there that you're completely unconcerned with it? After, by the way, like that clip I played before, he was actually the mayor of San Francisco in 2008 and said he had a 10 year plan to fix homelessness. So he's not some new guy who just shows up and it's like, oh, you know, I only have four years to fix the problem or, oh, my gosh, like I just got here. Give me a break, guys. Dude, he's been there. He was the mayor of San Francisco in 2008 and he's been the governor for years now. And he admits that, yeah, it's true. I cleaned it up a little bit uh, for President Xi coming in. Some people will say that he just displaced the homeless and put them somewhere else and hid them. That's definitely a possibility, uh, prob probably very likely. I have a theory, and it's not a crazy conspiracy theory. It's the reality. Homelessness is not that hard to fix. It's just it takes multiple layers. There's different countries where you can see where they fix the problem. I'll start with Japan. America's not like Japan, but if you listen to Joe Rogan, sometimes I like I like Joe Rogan a lot. I actually want to talk about his podcast with Elon Musk. I might do a whole video on it um, because it was very interesting. But Joe Rogan used to say, I don't know if he says this anymore. He used to be like, I moved to Austin from L.A. because L.A. was just too crowded. It's true. L.A. is too crowded, but that's not why L.A. is so shitty. Uh, Tokyo is more crowded than L.A., but it's cleaner and safer. Why is it cleaner and safer despite having more people? It's a cultural thing, and the people there don't do what we do here. So if you can get people to act right, you could have a Tokyo. If people won't act right like that, then you have to have enforcement. But you can't just have enforcement of homeless without providing something because that's cruel. So you have to have a multi-scaled solution to fix homelessness. I feel like I have the solution. It's just a matter of whether they want to implement it or not and whether people will accept it. Uh, you can provide everything for somebody, but you could lead a horse to water, but you can't make a horse drink. That's an old saying, which is like you could try to help somebody, but if they don't want to help themselves at a certain point, you can't help them. So say your cousin's a crackhead and you're trying to house him and he keeps smoking crack and ruining your house and then you're going to lose your job and lose your family. At a certain point, you have to distance yourself from your cousin. Even though you tried to help, he's going to ruin your life. So you have to understand human psychology and not be naive where you could try to help, but everybody can't be helped. So at a certain point, you have to look out for the general consensus over just a few people. So the my solution for homelessness is provide all sorts of help mental help if you if you have mental problems here's mental help if you have uh physical problems or some sort of like housing problem obviously give them a house give them mental help give them drug help give them a job if they need a job if they don't have money and here's all the things you like what could you possibly want in this world what do you need here's all of them but you have to go and now it's illegal to sit out here so like in certain states they don't have as bad of a homeless problem because they make it illegal to just sit there. But in California, in certain places, they're allowed to sit there and you're not allowed to move them. So it's like in in uh, Japan, they do a fat tax and they tax you if you're fat, which is crazy. But it's like in America, you know, you're incentivized to break up with your husband and, and be a single mom because the government will pay you if you if you have kids. And there's a little bit of tax breaks, but it's like in this country and especially in Democrat areas, you are better off being homeless in certain areas because people can't stop it. So it's like, here's what, here's all the things you need. But at, a, at the end of the kindness, you have to have strength and enforcement. 
there are certain parts of LA where they built housing facilities and the homeless gets worse and it actually grows outside the facility. Why is that? Because they provide stuff, but there's no enforcement. So people can go in, take a shower, get the food, lay outside on the thing. And then it's like, hey, come back at 10 uh, and you can sleep in here, but you can't be on drugs and you can't do this. And they're like, well, we want to do drugs and we want to be out here. So it's like, we'll take the best of both worlds. We'll go take the shower. We'll take the stuff from you. We'll, we'll, we'll use you. But then we'll end up back out on the streets and just be weird and, you know, uh, just fill this uh, neighborhood with just filth because we can. You got to have like a fine line of like, we'll give you help, but no more. You can't be doing that. And they say that they can't do stuff like this. And then President Xi visits and all of a sudden they're like, oh, look how spotless that is. How, how, how did you make that area so clean? You told the people there, hey, dude, we got the president of China coming. So you got to get the hell out of the way, go somewhere else. And in a lot of cases, if you talk to older people, they say that back in the day there were homeless people. But when you went to like Venice, now Venice is a disaster, but Venice, Los Angeles, you had some weirdos, you had some homeless people, but they were almost like uh, vagrants in the sense of like they were just wanderers and they'd go from here to here. Some of them would play music. Some of them would chill. But it was never this thing where like everybody just lived there and did nothing. And there's like tens of thousands of people just sitting there. It wasn't really allowed. It was like, keep it moving. If you could keep it moving and just do something like people wouldn't bother you, I feel like back in the day. But at a certain point, maybe they closed the mental institutions. And then it's like, you could just live here, you know, and it's like, you could just live there. Like, I, I understand being like kind of homeless and doing tricks and, you know, talking to people, begging for money, keeping it moving. But like just laying there for 10 years, like that's that's allowed now. I don't think they would have allowed that back in the day. Someone would have came out, the store owners, the police, and been like, no, dude, like this is a public walkway for people to walk, not for you to take a shit on. You know, that's what like a sane society does. You can't just shit here because people walk and work here. But in this society, it's like you can shit here and here's your soup and you could shower and then you could take a shit and we're not going to do anything about it. And we don't even know what to do. And the problems got so bad you know, the police don't even want to deal with it now. And if they did deal with it, they might get a lawsuit. So why would they deal with it? And I don't even know if you're allowed to deal with it unless G's coming to town or something happens and the press gets so bad that they realize they have to fix it. And then they have like an a, initiative to do it. So it's like, I don't think it's that hard to fix, but you have to understand that kindness is not weakness and you could give everyone everything. But if you give everyone the world and they don't take it and they don't want to leave, you have to make a decision. Who do I want to please? Do I want to please these 50 people taking a shit on the street? Or do I want to please the Thai store owner and this Italian guy who owns a restaurant and this guy who works hard and these kids who have to walk through heroin needles to go to school? Like who gets, who wins? The, the people that work and try to, you know, contribute something to society or the people that are just making it uh, objectively disgusting. And I'm not saying everybody homeless is bad or anything, but it's like, here's your help. Here's this, here's that. We will give you everything. Just you got to go. There's a zero tolerance policy for you being there. You're not allowed to be there. You need mental help. Here's the mental institution. You need a job. Here's a job. You need a house. Here's a house. You need this. You need this. You need a, you need drug help. Here's drug help. We have all those things lined up, but enforcement is the thing that's missing. And you see that in San Francisco, Elon talked about it and he talked about how Soros has figured out how to arbitrage judges basically to, you know, go for local elections and when, you know, I guess that's an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory the media will say, but if you look at George Soros, he's just a donor who pays, you know, people in politics to run for office the same way a lot of people do. And there's a certain agenda, it seems like he has, that goes against the conservative agenda and even a moderate Democrat agenda where these DAs are just heavy 
uh, or I would say very weak on crime and heavy on allowing really stupid policies to, to be put in place or not prosecuting very obvious theft, et cetera. So it's like, how do you fix a society like that? You have to have enforcement. I'm not talking about authoritarianism, but it's like if 10,000 people can just steal all this stuff and you're like, well, we're not going to do anything. And that's the policy at a lot of these corporations too. Even in 2007, I used to work at a pharmacy as like a cashier. And they used to tell me even in 2007, if somebody steals something, you can't stop them. And I was like, why? Like even at like 17 or 18, I'm like, why can't, don't we want, like if the alarm goes off, they'd be like, we don't want to get sued. So you got to just like let them walk out of the thing. So it's like, but if you let people steal, they're going to steal. Like it's just basic human nature. It's like, I'm not saying you got to like chase everybody, but if, if your policy is theft is basically legal because we're too afraid to prosecute theft, then it's going to go up. And San Francisco is an extreme example of that. So you could have the kindness when it comes to homeless, but the same problem with the crime in San Francisco is the same problem with the homeless. There's no enforcement. There's no oomph. There's no strength behind their policies. So people just take advantage of it all over the place. I knew a cop, I think it was in Beverly Hills, and he told me that there was like a multi-billion dollar scheme that they cracked the code of because people were just showing up out of nowhere and they could tell something was up. And people were flying in from all sorts of states to get this weird like a uh, welfare slash government program from California that apparently California was too stupid to figure out the people that weren't even from California were taking the money. So there was a loophole in the system because the Democrats were so stupid and people were flying in from it's like they were telling their boys from everywhere like, yo, come to California, you know, put your information, do this, do this. And the government will give you 10 grand or whatever it was. And it took them a long time to figure it out. But the cops busted it. And it was like a multi-billion dollar scam that everyone in the country was taking advantage of. So it's like when you're so weak and so stupid that people from all over are just flying in to like scam your state and just filling the streets of it, you allow people to be homeless. It's not it's not that hard of a problem to solve. You just have to want to solve it. And they don't want to solve it. The proof is in the pudding. Like now look at some of the streets and they look clean. It's like, how did you clean it in two days when it took you 10 years and, and it just keeps getting worse? Well, because the president of China is visiting and like it's embarrassing to have such a shitty. Yeah, it is. It's really embarrassing for the great country uh, of the United States of America to be so disgusting that you're embarrassed to have a foreign leader who probably has a clean country. I'm not saying he's perfect. Like, you know, Trump compliments him sometimes and they're like, oh, Trump complimented a dictator. It's like, no, what Trump usually says is right. He'll be like, he's very smart. And they'll be like, no, he's not. He's probably not stupid if he's the president of China. It doesn't mean he's a good guy, but I guarantee he probably beats Joe Biden in an IQ test. Doesn't mean he's not an authoritarian, but it's like if Beijing, although it has crazy pollution and they're just killing their people with the smoke, I'm sure it's very clean and way safer than San Francisco. So even Gavin Newsom's embarrassed to have this guy there. So he cleans it in three days and says, well, yeah, that's why we did it. But we, we're also fixing it. Dude, it's so easy. Like, go harder on crime. Make citizens feel more comfortable than criminals. Prosecute people that are like eight-time offenders that just keep doing the same stuff. I saw one uh, statistic. I don't want to reference it because I, I didn't memorize it. But it's like with violent crime and murder, a lot of the people doing the worst stuff that's just egregious, they've done it multiple times already, like the double or triple or quadruple offense. It's like, you know, every, there's some bad hombres out there, as Donald Trump would say. And I'm not that's 
I don't know. I'm not just talking about the border. I'm talking about in cities like you got to protect the good people. Um, it's really frustrating watching what's happening to this country in the cities. I think Eric Adams seemed like he tried to fix it a little bit. And then all of a sudden the government's like, I, I got to Google what's going on with him. Like Eric Adams, the Justice Department's going after him or something. Let me see. Eric Adams lawsuit. I, like the, the government's going after Eric Adams. Let me see. Eric Adams construction company tied to, I don't know, the FBI is going after Eric Adams. Maybe he really is corrupt or something. I'm not saying he's not, but it's like the one Democrat mayor that's like, yo, illegal immigration is crazy. Like we actually probably should clean up the cities. All of a sudden the feds are like investigating him as if, you know, none of these other people have ever, ever done anything bad. I'm not saying that's why they're going after him, but it's very strange that like every city in America is falling apart. They're not fixing it. They only fix it for a foreign leader. Eric Adams is like the first one who comes out and is like, illegal immigration's too much. He's the only one admitting that. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to investigate you. I'm not, I don't know if that's why. It's just oddly coincidental. Um, let me know what you guys think in the comment section. I think I might try to do a full video on the Elon Musk, Joe Rogan podcast. It might get copyright stricken. But I don't really care because I think the information is valuable, but there's one part in the interview where Joe Rogan asked Elon Musk, he said, why did you buy Twitter? And Elon says, basically, uh, long story short, as Anomaly would say, I'm speaking third person now, I don't know why. Elon put a Neuralink chip in my head, guys, help me. No, I'm just kidding. But um, he said, essentially, that he thinks that far leftism is a mind virus. And he said that normally in societies like that, sort of far leftism, it just stays in a small area like San Francisco or Berkeley, but because they got control of Twitter and the tech industry, that that mind virus was being projected onto not only America, but the world. And he said that he thinks that the far left is not only a mind virus, but a death cult. And he said that he thinks they're killing civilization. So he said that he bought Twitter to right their wrongs because he felt like they were going to get everybody killed. And here's the thing. I know a lot of people don't trust Elon Musk for good reasons. He's a billionaire. He's involved in computer chip things like, you know, little NASA jump offs like SpaceX, et cetera. Like, I'm not asking you to trust him or believe everything he says. He's obviously an elite in some senses of the words. Also, he does a lot of, um, I would say, like government subsidies. I think a lot of conservatives don't like him for because he took government money. But when it comes to his answers to these questions, He's very authentic. He explains himself very well, and it's it's very straightforward. You know, like I'm not asking you to put a computer chip in your head and buy a Tesla. Me personally, I think Teslas are cool, but I want gas cars, and because they're trying to force uh, the green energy so bad, it makes me not want it even more. So I'm not ever going to get a Tesla. Although his his Cybertruck is cool, but I don't want one. But it is cool. Um, I'm not asking you to agree with everything he does or says, but when you listen to this podcast he really makes a lot of sense. Like he's like, this, this ideology is, is so fringe and so bad. And he goes, when you walk around the streets of San Francisco, he goes, you could see it. It looks like a zombie apocalypse, Elon said. Like this, this ideology that they have that doesn't work, it's failing so bad in their city that it looks literally like a zombie world. And then they can't just keep the shitty idea to themselves. They're projecting it onto everybody and censoring the opposition. And I go by actions and not words. And I have to say that I I really feel like Elon Musk with Twitter, or X as he calls it now, he bought the website. He did the Twitter files. He showed that the government basically was Twitter. They'd taken over. All the people there were working with them. 
Uh, he showed all the censorship. He brought thousands of people back on. X is now very open. Like it's way better, in my opinion, as far as censorship than everything else to the point where a lot of people are getting mad on the left and the right because it's like they've tried so hard to, you know, kick out people that they considered too far. And my issue with that is you'll talk to a left winger and they'll say, oh, everybody's too, like Elon says that in the interview too. He says, everyone to a far leftist, everyone seems right wing. So if you're so far left, even a moderate Democrat, like a Joe Rogan or whatever is too far right, or Elon Musk, who never was a Republican, like every Bill Maher is far right, even though he's left. So it's like to them, everything's far, far right. But even to like a conservative, they tried to ban a lot of people and say they're far right, they're this, they're that. And it's like, you know, it's the same thing as hate speech. Who gets to choose what hate speech is? Because, you know, the truth sounds like hate speech to people who hate the truth. And you see with this recent conflict, you have a lot of right wingers who do the same things that the left does, exaggerates, try to tries to paint a broad brush that everybody must be that. So they all must be censored. So what Elon did was he brought back thousands of people allowed for the discussion to be more clear. And to me, that actually helped society more, you know, in many ways than the Republican Party has in the last five or six years, because when it comes to even, I would say the election, like the Hunter Biden laptop suppression probably shifted the scales more than most people can imagine, as well as other censorship that they're doing. So, you know, all these politicians, they talk and they do this and they do that and they print money and they give it to the pharmaceutical industry and they do these dances for you and they say MAGA and they wear hats and they dance and they wear little, you know, purses with MAGA on it. And like they're putting on like this little show and there's a documentary or whatever. Uh, but he really like, you know, outside of what you think of him and whether you trust him or not, what he did with Twitter is probably like, just thinking about how information spreads, et cetera, he's done more to allow there to be a discussion and a conversation than most people even on our own side, quote unquote. So it's interesting to hear him talk about San Francisco, the mind virus and the death cult that he calls the far left and how their ideology is going to lead to the extinction of humanity. And when he says stuff like that and he explains it, it doesn't sound like someone who's lying to me. I don't think Elon's like just making it up. It sounds like a guy who knows exactly what he's saying and, and believes in it. Like I could feel the conviction in certain people's voice, you know, where I'm like, okay, that person believes what they're saying. It's not just an act. So let me know what you guys think. I'll read a few comments real quick, but I'm going to keep this one as brief as possible. That's the story of the day. Um, Gavin Newsom admitted that he cleaned up San Francisco because President Xi is visiting. What does that say to the citizens of San Francisco or the citizens of Los Angeles, San Diego, a lot of California that's going down the tubes, essentially, that they're proving to you that they can do it, but only when it benefits them. And he's one of those self-serving guys where it's like, he told everybody not to do dinners with their own family and like, don't go out to restaurants. And then he got caught at a French laundry, some fancy restaurant thing with a bunch of lobbyists. Like this is, that's the perfect metaphor for politicians. And it's not just left-wingers, but he's extraordinarily bad with that. It's like, they'll tell you, stay inside, you know, don't exercise, don't go to the gym, don't, don't go to the spa, don't see your family, don't go, don't go here, don't go here, don't. Don't, don't have a dinner at Cheesecake Factory. Like it's too dangerous. And then they're doing exactly what they're telling you not to do, except in the most unethical way possible. It's not like he was having dinner with his grandma who was really sick. He's having dinner with the health industry and the lobbyists that fund his government. And uh, in general, and 
I, I would guess California is extremely corrupt because there's an individual mandate in California that says you need to have health insurance. So in most states, if you don't have health insurance, it's a risk, but it's a risk that you get to take and not have to pay a penalty. In California, everyone has to buy health insurance. And if you don't buy health insurance, they take a percentage of your income. So it's actually usually more expensive than just, they force you to buy health insurance. So you can only imagine when he's at the French laundry with the health industry, God knows how much money that they're making. If it's like, Hey, I get to force everybody to buy health insurance. I'm sure the health, you know, the, that industry gives him a lot of money because that's one of the greatest scams out. Just like with the, the vaccine. It's like, listen, if you want to take something, I don't care. I don't have the time to really care. But if they're going to force it on you, it's not random. It's like the Republican Party funds it. The Republican Party buys it. The Republican Party takes the donor money. The Democrats take more donor money and they work hand in hand like court jesters. And then Trump and the Republicans do all this. Then the Democrats mandate it. And then they both act like they're doing some sort of virtue because they play off each other like genius like actors. You know where it's like, oh, they're the anti-science crowd. Oh, they're the ones who mandated it. And it's like, they, it's so it's such a genius like left and right little game that they have going on it's like imagine if there was a horse race this is my example i've been using if you watch a horse race there's 20 horses 10 horses seven horses and you got to pick a horse and bet on it and based on the odds you get more or less if they're a good or bad horse or they they're projected to be good or bad imagine if there wasn't eight horses there were only two horses Imagine if there were only two horses, a red horse and a blue horse, and it was a two horse race. And the owners of the horse were the same. The, the, the same guy owned both horses. Like that's politics. There aren't 50 choices. It's an illusion of choice. Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, they might as well be the same person, just speaking different with different color and gender. But it's like they're the same character, you know, and it's like they probably get the same money from the same donors and the same groups. And it's, uh, you know, people haven't figured it out. So I think the, the, both sides really benefit from that where like Gavin Newsom will be like, well, look, they're trying to take your abortions away and they're trying to do Trump's doing this. And then the Democrats will still vote for this guy, even though he was the mayor in 2008. And he said he was going to clean homeless. How are you going to vote for a guy who said he'd fix homeless in 2008? It's 2023. He's the governor and he only cleans it up for a foreign president. It's the most, and he's sitting eating food with a bunch of ph pharmaceutical health lobbyists when he tells you not to go out like that should he should have lost the the election two years ago over that whatever the recall but it, people that they know how to play each other off uh, off each other mary on facebook says you aren't that smart guy mary you are so smart you are so smart mary thank you so much for telling me i'm not smart Durr, i wish i done knew what mary knows how do I get as smart as my audience? No, I'm just kidding. But uh, it's like I don't know what what part of what I said bothered you. Am I, do I need to do I need to read a few books before I go live again to to impress you with my raging intellect or something? Did I say I was like I'm so smart? You're so dumb, Mary. Well, I missed that part. Um, some guy wrote on my Instagram thing today. He goes anomaly. You know, he goes and he he was like, uh, I like you, so I'll I'll follow you. But your your videos are effing boring. Your videos are effing boring, and I wish I wish I had I wish I had the motivation to do what you did. But you're effing boring. But I'm gonna still follow you. Like, why would you take the time to type that to me? It's like I can't even I can't even respond to you because you're on a private you know Instagram page. I can't even see you. Your profile picture is you and your dog. That's cute. Whatever. But you're like saying I'm so boring and you don't have the motivation. 
to, to do what I do, but you wish you did, but you're cursing at me. It's like, bro, go see a therapist or something. You know, your whole life is boring. The most exciting video you've ever done is, is, is more boring than the most boring video I've ever done. So instead of projecting your insecurities on me and cursing at me, like go find God or talk to a therapist. Like the things that people say to me on here, and I don't, I know I don't have to respond, but I'm a human too. It's like, now I'm at the point where people are, oh, this health guru thinks he's so smart. I never said I was a guru. Who said I was a guru? I mean, I, I don't think I'm stupid. I think I'm here for a reason, sharing information, but I've never branded myself as I'm the guru. <laughs> you know, it's just like people see me and they just get mad now. So I'm like, why do I care? Because I'm a human being. I don't know. It's like, why do you care? Why do you care? What? <laughs> why do you eat cheesesteaks when you're hungry? I don't know. Cause you like the taste of them. Like I'd respond. Cause I think it's funny and interesting and uh, it's a human conversation. I'm not a stone statue, you know, resurrected by Marcus Aurelius a thousand years ago for your entertainment. I'm a living, breathing person, but yeah, I don't, it doesn't like keep me up at night or anything, but enough to have a conversation about sure. But yeah, it's not like, doesn't like hurt my feelings to the point where I just sit in the fetal position all day, like screaming, but enough to bring it up. Someone said he's not a guru. He's a prophet. I mean, a lot of these things it's, you know, it's, it's just interesting because a lot of these things are cycles too, where I don't, I don't call myself a prophet. I used to in my rap songs when I was like 19, but I just say like, look at the information. You can figure it out. I'm not Scott Adams where he's like, you know, you ever watch Scott Adams? He'll be like, and I like Scott, but he blocked me. That's fine. He says, I'm a hypnotist. I'm a hypnotist. And he's like, I'm so smart and you're so dumb. <laughs> I try to do the opposite here. I mean, I get annoyed at people, but I'm like, if I could figure it out, you could figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Here's the information that I'm saying so you could see it. I don't try to like hold it behind my head so you can't see it. And I'm like, you have to trust me. It's like, no, my most popular videos are when I'm putting the information on the screen. I'm like, if I could figure it out, you could figure it out. Here's why I think what I think. Like when I talk about Trump and the vaccine and Bill Gates and whatever, his lobbyist money, it's like, I, I show you, I'm like, I'm not just like thinking this. Here's, here's, it is. You have to show your lobbyist donations when you run for office. It's like a campaign finance rule. So it's there for you. Use the American freedom. This is why I tell people too. other countries, they do stuff more sneakily. You know what I'm saying? Like they might not even tell you who they're working for, what they're doing in America. We do have the Freedom of Information Act. We do have campaign finance, campaign finance laws. So it would be wise if we use it because like when Nikki Haley runs for office or Donald Trump runs for office or Ron DeSantis runs for office, they can't just take this shadow money where you don't know where it's coming from. They have to make it public who they're taking money from. So in America, like we, we're so blessed with so much. And this is my message to people. And I know it bothers some people sometimes on the Republican side because I'm not just telling you you're the victim. It's the left beating you up and there's nothing you could do. It's like, no, we have so much here. We just have to use it. We can't get lazy. You know what I'm saying? Like we were blessed with a great economy, even though our economy is bad. Half the world would still die to come over here because our economy, even bad, is better than their economy good. So, you know, we have all these tools. We can't use them. If you don't use them, you lose them. And I think that people are just getting too complacent in this country. And, you know, the left wing, as Elon calls it, like a mind virus, they're infecting people with this weird ideology that's upside down. But then on the right, you have basically this new 
victim mentality where people are just saying like, you know, we're the victim. Everything got taken from us. All we have to do is like this guy and that'll fix our problems because he's going to do the other side. And it's not, it's not, it's not really how it works. Um, someone said you're doing pretty good for being stupid. Is my screen frozen or no? Someone said my screen was frozen. Maybe your screen's frozen, but hopefully not. Someone said anyone can look up political donor information, opensecrets.org. Yeah. Open secrets is a great uh, tool to look at, you know, who, who donates to who, which industries donate to who. And usually that's why people do what they do. You know, if Mike Lindell wasn't giving a chunk of a sale to the pillow code, everyone wouldn't be selling pillows. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing to sell Mike Lindell's pillows. I don't care. It's an affiliate code. It's marketing. He seems like a, you know, a patriotic guy. But uh, in general, it's like the people that sell Mike Lindell's pillows with promo codes, they wouldn't be doing it if they weren't being paid to do it. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I do some things because I'm being paid to do it also, but I'm not taking a million dollars from Pfizer. I'm not taking a hundred million dollars from mega donors. And just like George Soros donates to the left wing, there's mega donors on the right wing. You just don't know about it because the right wingers don't talk about it because there's no incentive for them to talk about it. Because in order to get the money, they can't just explain it to you. Then they lose the money and then they get attacked by the media. So, you know, there's like there's a reason everything is the way it is. And it's it's just ripe waiting for people to figure it out. It's like it's right there in front of you. Um, but in general, uh, I do think a lot of people are figuring some stuff out, but I, I firmly believe this, and I'm not saying this to be a hater, the left-right paradigm, and I'm not saying the right is like as bad in all categories, I don't think it is, but they play off each other. Like if you have, you know, I use the vaccine thing because it's so easy and it's recent. If you have one side buying the doses, funding it, providing pharmaceutical lobbies, like Trump is not innocent in this scheme he he laced his cabinet with pharmaceutical lobbyists to allow this all to happen and then biden's the one who mandates it you know trump can point and the republicans can point and be like biden did that and then biden can be like well trump printed money so it's his fault that inflation's here and the truth is they're both in on it they're both in on it but the reason they keep getting away with it is because it's like they both point to each other in a sane society gavin newsom would never win an election again but we live in a society where there's two parties and there's two colors and there's two people and Gavin Newsom can just keep playing off the other side. He's probably friends with Donald Trump. Listen to Donald Trump talk about Gavin Newsom. They sound like they're good friends. Like it's all the joke is on you thinking that they're massively fighting with each other when Trump's like, I get along with Gavin Newsom. We're really good friends. It's like, all right, dude, whatever, you know, but people don't want to think that. So it's like when I say that, People get really mad at me because they're like, I want to believe that my guy's going to beat up the other guy in the deep state. And it's like, even though he hired him, it's not his fault because someone told him to hire them and we don't have accountability now. And we're the victim of the thing that we did. And it's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, you could think that, but I'm going to keep making my videos. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. So I don't know. I put up this little Instagram reel of like the someone asked me on a podcast. I posted it on Facebook and YouTube too. He said like, you, you really like Trump for a while. And like, then, you know, you, you had odds with them. Like, and I explained myself and I like walk people through it. It's not nothing personal, nothing like, you know, I, it's just like, if he does this, this, and this, I think my right as a journalist and an American citizen is to try to correct the course versus make excuses for it. Because, you know, they're going to just keep doing it if people don't care, in my opinion. But who knows? Did I 
someone said, I only just got here. Did I speak on Bill Burr's wife allegedly giving the finger? Um, I haven't, but I will if you want. So I watched the UFC. It was a good card. I thought the last was a little early stoppage, but whatever. Um, it's not clear if she's giving the middle finger to Trump or uh, Bill Burr's wife in that video, or she's just giving the middle finger. Because, I, I mean, obviously it looks like because Trump walked by, she gave the middle finger, but the the camera panned to her and some people do that you know it's like some people will go like they'll give like that or they'll be like you know they'll do like the little boxer thing and they'll put their hands up or they're or, or they'll flex you know what i'm saying she gave the middle finger so in my opinion I, she probably doesn't like donald trump but i it's not clear to me that she gave the middle finger to donald trump she could have just give the middle finger as like a you know like a nervous that's what i do when the camera's on me with that being said uh i i could really care less about it like bill burr and his wife like it's whatever bill burr is funny you know his wife i don't know she seems kind of funny too ish i don't know much about her i don't know is she does she do something is she an actor actress or just a wife i don't know don't really care and uh one thing i saw was someone was like oh real classy and it's like here here's what annoys me a little bit it's like do you really care about classy? Like, obviously, if she flicks off Donald Trump and you like Donald Trump, you're pissed off at her because she flicked off Donald Trump. That's totally fine. I don't I'm not I'm not mad at people who say she flicked off the guy like screw her. That that's total. That's that makes sense. But if you're like, oh, that's real classy. It's like, dude, Donald Trump's hanging out with Kid Rock. Like is Kid Rock known for being classy? Kid Rock's not classy. If Kid Rock gave the middle finger to Biden, you'd be cheering. Or if Kid Rock just gave middle fingers and it wasn't classy, he Kid Rock could be dressed in a tank top, just sweating, just with a MAGA hat on, and you wouldn't care how classy he was. So, and I don't care how class. I don't like Kid Rock because he's classy. I like him because he's real and he's a good musician. So it's like, let's just be honest. You know, like I don't give a crap how classy these people are. You know, at the at the event, I care if they agree with my politics or you know I like them. So I, that's the part where it's like, oh, real classy. She's a class act. It's like Kid Rock's not classy, and I'm not. I'm not hating on, I like Kid Rock. I'm just saying he's not known for wearing suits and and, and acting like he's uh, Winston Churchill. He's known for shooting guns and being like a redneck, like relatable guy from Detroit who's like a country, American loving, Second Amendment loving, First Amendment loving. Like we don't, we're not the classiest people. Like I'm, I speak for yourself, maybe you are. Like I'm classy when I go to an event, but I'm not classy all the time. I don't know. I wear a tank top on a, and a stupid hat on, not a stupid hat, the got dreamer.com hat, but you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not always the classiest person. So I don't, I'm not going to say, oh, she's not classy enough for me. I don't give a shit how classy they are. I just think people, she flicked off Trump and people don't like that. But I don't know. I just find the whole like outrage thing. How long are you going to be mad at Bill Barr's wife, Bill Burr's wife? One day, two days, three days. Who cares? It's, it's the wife of a comedian. Like, you know, wow it's worth a post or like a comment, but I'm not going to lose a second of life over thinking about it. Like I don't go to Bill Burr's wife for political news anyway, but you know, you do it on camera. It's going to be talked about. That's just what it is when you're in public. So she kind of asked for it. She probably like regrets it now. She's like, no, you know, I, I went to a comedy show yesterday. My buddy, if, if you ever are around, um, and Ryan Long is performing in your town. If you've never seen Ryan Long, he does a lot of these internet skits that go viral too. His stand-up, no joke, I think he's one of the best stand-up comedians out. Like his, his routine is like flawless. He's so funny. Uh, I saw him last night, but we were talking and um, one thing he was telling me was like, you know, he's uh, 
comedian that like isn't super like politically correct or like overly left wing or anything. And he was saying like four years ago, all these comedians that were like just doing the work of the government and just like the left wing and just being annoying and cancel culture, like they're they're losing now. You know what I'm saying? Like I, Andrew Schultz, like the people like the people that didn't do that are the ones that are sucking up all the attention now. And I'm not saying you have to like that guy either. I don't know if he even likes me, but I don't I don't dislike him or anything. But, you know, the the, the super left wing comedians they're like they ran out of room like what they were doing isn't cool anymore they don't have public support the establishment doesn't even back them up that much so it's like if you were a comedian that tried to please other comedians like you're losing in 2024 you're losing in 2025 it's people that went the other direction that are now winning and like being funny so you know i, I would say like when it comes to people like Bill Burr's wife, and I'm not overly thinking it, like, I don't even know if she really flicked off Trump. She might've just been flicking off. But if it's like, oh, screw Trump, no one cares anymore. You get what I'm saying? Like, like six years ago, if you flick off Trump, it's like, whoa, you know, wow, what a, what a, what a middle finger. But like now you flick off Trump and like 95% of the country is like cringe. You know, even the rapper who wrote the song F Donald Trump, even admits that the hood likes Donald Trump now, and it's not even cool to hate Donald Trump. So it's like that, like you don't even have to be that mad at Bill Burr's wife because there's not an audience for what she did. Like no one cares. Like the amount of people that she just pleased with that, if she even did that in the first place is like Rachel Maddow. And like, you know, it's it, like that that's played out. I think that uh, that little niche of like Trump hating liberal safe spacey thing like that's that's got overridden, you know, and you don't have to like all these people because I know everybody has their own tastes and they cry when I say something. Oh my gosh, I don't like him. He's a show, whatever. I'm just saying like, look who's getting the big contracts. They offer Tucker Carlson, a hundred million dollars, Joe Rogan, a couple hundred million dollars. Like the top podcasts are all conservative. Like there's big money now in not, not being super left wing, like being super, super left wing is not cool anymore. Cause it's just like, how long is, are you going to do that? And in comedy, it's not funny. It's just like objectively not funny to like please speech. Like in order to be funny, you just have to like make jokes and make fun of people. How are you going to be funny if everything's offensive? It's not, it's like ruin, it's ruining comedy. So I think you don't have to waste too much energy over people that do stuff like that. Cause they'll, they're not getting anything out of that. I don't think there's like any opportunities anymore. Maybe they could be on like some sort of like lesbian trans, like, Calvin Klein commercial or something. I don't know. You know, like there's still some money to be made there. Like they'll do some, you know, wrap a gay flag around your head and like sell, you know, Chrysler's or I don't, <laughs> I don't know. There's uh, there's probably someone paying people to do stuff like that, but I don't, in my reality and mainstream reality, I think it's, it's dying down. Even a couple of weeks ago, you had like three country artists in the top three, that one song, what's it like? what the world's gone to for people like me. Like that was just people like, yeah, I would rather listen to that than like this other thing. You know, that makes more sense to me. So uh, whether you like that song or not, I think the market is recorrecting and independent artists are, are like outselling. Um, me and Bryce and Gray, that was like a year ago, we got to number two out of every song. It was the number two most sold song on the rap charts. You know what I'm saying? And we don't even have a budget. I mean, I don't know if he ran ads, but I just use my email list. And it's just like between the two of us, we outsold 
every song. And you got to understand when you get to number two for the week, you get a billboard plaque. Like I could order one. I just haven't done it yet. But in general, it's like they, they have budgets. Like you don't think they spend money trying to get people to buy the song so they can hit the charts and, you know what I'm saying? Rack up awards and make money. Like they're, they're spent. It's just like people, unless you're like Taylor Swift makes a lot of money. Bad Bunny makes a lot of money. Drake makes a lot of money. Like there's those key guys that make a shit. Like if, if Rihanna drops an album, it's, those top like the 10 people like bad bunny rihanna taylor swift they're making a fortune they're gonna outsell me and outstream me every time they drop but besides that like elite kanye west another one the weekend besides that elite class of artists like tom mcdonald uh you know what's that guy's name i'm trying to think uh the the country singer with the tattoos he, he's he's friends with my friend struggle jennings jelly roll like these people are crushing like the major major label artists because like outside of that elite group no one cares about even old artists that used to be cool it's like if they haven't maintained a social presence it's like they kind of their new music kind of falls by the wayside so it's an interesting time for everything comedy the guy dax someone said yeah he's really good at you know selling and and and, and being relevant on social media it's a good time. I mean, outside of like, you know, your opinion on me or stuff, hopefully I can inspire people. Like if you do music or business or anything, it is a weird time to be alive, but it's also a very profitable time to be alive. So it's like, there's never been a better time to like go around the system and, and get, you know, get your piece of the pie if you're good enough. Like if you're good enough, there is an audience. You just got to put all the pieces together. If you're good enough and no one sees it, how do you get people to see it? If, if you got people to see it, how do you, how do you keep it? You know, it's not a easy, uh, it's not necessarily easy, but I think it's easier than it was 30, 40 years ago. Mm. Someone said Adam Calhoun. I've, I haven't really heard his stuff, but I heard the name. I know he's in that, that crowd of like the Tom McDonald space where he, you know, it, dude, these guys are making a lot of money. Like Tom McDonald, that guy, probably millions of dollars, like easily a year on just, just streaming. Someone said, I really enjoyed Jelly Roll's speech at CMA Awards. I didn't see it, but uh, I've never met Jelly Roll, but I'm friends with his, uh, he does a lot of albums with this guy named Struggle Jennings. Check out his music. I'm friends with Struggle. Struggle, we've we've ate dinner a bunch of times and talked. Like, he told me how they came up and they've been best friends for a while and like Jelly Roll just blew up. But like, you know, he's, Jelly Roll's doing amazing. So is Struggle. Like, they're, once you hit a certain like Spotify, the algorithm, like once you hit a certain amount of streams and you get a certain amount of attention and you have talent and you have the songs, it just keeps going. So uh, there's this artist named Russ. Uh, he's a rapper and a singer. I think he showed he makes a quarter million dollars a month just on TuneCore.com, which is you post your music for $8.99 a song or $9.99 a song. You can put it on Spotify and he just makes a quarter million dollars a month, not counting anything else, just on streaming. Cause he, and he doesn't even have a, a major label. So it's like, it's a good time. Like I'm, I'm, I got a few more songs in the pipeline. I have a song with Trapped coming out. I have my own song coming out. That's a goal of mine. Cause I don't, it's not that I don't want to do what I'm doing, but like I do, you know, my business is mostly social media. So, um, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's an easy job considering other jobs, but like, I would love to get some music royalty streaming. So I had more options of like taking more breaks and stuff, you know? I would like to do that, I think, because it and doing more shows. Doing live shows are so fun. And I'm like, I feel like I'm a really good performer and I'm I'm in my prime right now. Like if you give me a mic at a at a festival with a hundred thousand people, I'm gonna kill it. Like I'll do a cappella. Like I'm I'm in my prime of like lyrically, like stage performance wise. So 
I'm so busy, but my goal is to definitely make a, make a few hits in the next year, get some streaming, do some more shows, do some more speaking gigs and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of stuff going on. Sometimes I get so ambitious. I think of like 30 things and then I just take a nap. You ever do that when you have so much to do and, and it, like you just do nothing? I do that too often. Like, I'm like, I got to do my, like, I got dishes over there. I got 50 things to do. I got to do taxes. And like, it's like, I got so much to do on. I'm just like, you know what? Let me just take a nap. I'm exhausted with the thought of doing all these things. So I got to like simplify my life sometimes in order to get stuff done. Cause when I think of six things I have to do, then I just get overwhelmed and I don't want to do any of them. Someone said, you sound like Trump. What do you mean, Dwayne? I don't sound anything like Trump. I sound like myself. No, I'm just kidding. He said something pretty wild recently where it was like classic Trump. He was talking about like Palestinians and Israel. And like he said something kind of profound. Like it was classic Trump where I was like, dude, I, mi I miss that Trump. He was like, he was like, there's no hate in the world. He's like, there's no hate in the world like the Palestinians hate for the Israeli and the Jewish people. He's like, but also probably they hate the Palestinians a lot too. They probably hate them also pretty strongly also. So he's like, I don't know. Sometimes you just gotta wait and see what happens. And I was like, yo, that's the Trump I miss. I gotta find the exact quote, hold on. I'm gonna I'm read it aloud. Cause I read that, I was like, is Trump back? Are we back to the day? And people were like, oh, I can't believe he said that. And I'm like, this is, that's the Trump that I miss. You know, I, I miss, I miss this Trump here. I found the quote. Here it is. It, he said, there is no hatred like the Palestinian hatred of Israel and Jewish people and probably the other way around also. I don't know before adding a, sometimes you just have to let things play out and you have to see where it ends. <laughs> Dude, that's like classic Trump where he's like, the Palestinians hate them so much. It's disgusting. And like most politicians would end there, right? Like that would be like DeSantis would end there. Nikki Haley would end there. Tim Scott would end there. But then Trump follows it up with like, I don't know. I feel like it probably goes the other way too, maybe. And then people are like, no, you piece of shit. And it's like, no, he's, that's true. It's probably true. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not popular. Like he'll be like, Xi Jinping is really smart, really smart guy. And they're like, no, he's stupid. He's not stupid. He's not, he runs an entire country of a billion people. He's not stupid. He might not be a good person. He might not be uh, virtuous, but to say he's dumb, you know, and you can't say Xi Jinping smart or else people get mad at Trump. Like everything that people get mad at Trump for is why I like him. And then when like, I don't like, it's this weird thing where like, like DeSantis, people are like, can you believe he said that? And I'm like, that's what I like though. I like that part, not that part. You know, the part that you like, I don't like. The part that you don't like, I like, but it's weird. Tim Scott dropped out. Listen, God bless Tim Scott. I think politics is a little too fast for him. I think, you know, he should apply to a Starbucks in Tel Aviv. I believe Tim Scott would be best suited to be a barista in Tel Aviv, but you got to train him really slow because I feel like it'll take him a little bit longer than most people. So God bless Tim Scott. He's a really nice guy. Um, you know, I just don't think the president, he's, he's not, he's not ready for that office right now. I think he's more suited, uh, you know, to to work at starbucks and i'm not being disrespectful there's nothing wrong i love baristas like i feel like it's a very important position in society i'm not even just saying that like being a good person in your community serving coffee that's one of my favorite people it's just tim i would say tim scott should work in america but clearly you know his loyalty is elsewhere so we should send him there let him let him serve up americanos to you know that community and uh 
it's a win-win. And then he could come back to America when he cares about us again. I'm just kidding. I don't even think he's that interesting or smart. I'm not trying to be a dick, but like too late. I don't know. I just think people look at Tim Scott and they're like, oh, he, he's conservative, but he's like, it's like, he's not overly impressive about anything. He's just like the victim mentality is not good. He's like a, he's like a dollar store, Larry Elder. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like Larry Elder is like, is like the real brand. And like Tim Scott's like the store brand. If, if you left your cash at home and you just have a few coins, you got to buy Tim Scott, like Larry, you know, he's like a dollar store, Larry Elder. That's like 10 times slower. It's like, you know, I'm, I don't know. He could like beat Joy Reid in a debate, but he's not going to win an intellectual debate with like Thomas Sowell or anything. Um, he's just going to sit there with his mouth open. Like, I don't know. I'm being mean. But I, it's just like everyone's like, he's so like, no, he says what Larry Elder says, just slower and dumber. But it's fine. You know, I like Larry Elder. I think, you know, he's he's really good at debating race with liberals. But like, if you ask me, like, if I was like Ash Ketchum and I had Pokemon and it's like, you know, which one are you, which one are you going to send out? Like, who are you going to send out? Like, you going to send this? It's like, you're sending out Larry Elder instead of, uh, instead of Tim Scott, 10 times out of 10. You know what I'm saying? Like Larry Elder's destroying that conversation. Tim Scott, he'll win it probably, but like in a slower way, you know? Someone said, be nice. I Listen, being nice is not taking donor money and selling your country out. So if these people didn't sell out my country, then I would be a lot nicer, but they're all sellouts. Nikki Haley's a sellout. Tim Scott's a sellout. They're all sellouts. So, you know, nice is me putting my career on the line for this country. Nice is me risking everything to tell you the truth about foreign lobbying and, and, and who's controlling politics. You know, that's nice. Nice is not like a slow speaking donor sucking politician that just, you know, says what you want to hear and then sucks up money. And, you know, it's like, I don't, I'm not, I don't think that that's very nice what they're doing. They're like, they're just like characters and deceivers. Um, but I don't know what's nicer taking donor money and being a sellout, but, but being nice about it or me telling messed up jokes, but low key telling the truth. I don't know. Someone said that deserves a super chat. Well, listen, send it in, Susan. I'm not, I'm not opposed to taking your money. Trust me, you know, promo code super chat me now or I'm going to end this. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. You don't have to. Someone said Viv fake plant a Swami would drop out. The funniest thing is I still don't trust Vivek, but I think he's the least sold out out of the entire debate stage. And I, but that, that's not saying I trust him. I'm just saying like, I could see certain topics where they all say the same thing and he says something rational and they all get mad at him. It's like, because he's so rich from his totally not pharmaceutical scams from his pharmaceutical career, um, you know, he doesn't have to at this moment take the money that they're all taking. So Vivek's allowed to play both sides of the fence. He's like, I think this and I think this. And then they're like, I only think this because that's what my donors told me to say. So I think Vivek is the least sell sold out out of, out of the debate stage. But and I think he won the last debate, but that's not really saying much. Someone said Scooby snack. I don't know what I don't know what that meant, but. Congolese Palestinians are called Bongo Squad. That went right over my head. Sorry about that. Let's see. Someone said Vivek is more of a suck up than a sellout. I think so too. I mean, I don't dislike the guy, but like he, he reminds me of the guy who, if like you're like, 
what's your favorite color? And he's like, well, my favorite. And I'm like, I like green. And he's like, I like green too. And you're like, actually, I like blue. He's like, actually, I like blue too. I'm like, no, I, I actually hate blue. He's like, I hate blue too. <laughs> he reminds me of like that kind of guy who he just, you know, it's like whatever you want him to say, he'll say, but like, he'll be like we got to beat up Hamas, but also we got to keep free speech, but also we got to do that, but also we got to do this, but we got to do this and that. We, it's like, no, I get what he's, I agree with what he was saying on that, but it, it you know, it's just like, uh, it just comes off kind of weird. He's like, we got to put their head on a pike. It's like, are you going to fly over to freaking Palestine and put their head on a pike? Like, are you going to do that? Or are you just saying that? Like, I don't, if you did that, that would be crazy. But like, I don't believe it. You know, if like uh, Israel Adesanya or Alex Pereira says they're going to like do that, I might believe them because they're like actual warriors. But if you're like standing on a stage in your little suit and you're like, I'm going to put Palestine's head on a pike, but also I believe in free speech. And it's like, all right, dude. Okay, bro. Yeah, totally. Someone said integrity is lost virtue. Thank you for not selling out. Thank you, Susan. <laughs> it's kind of like, dude, politics is wild, man. I just kind of see it as like a messed up comedy, you know, and that keeps me sane. He's like, I'm going to go to Palestine and put Hamas's head on a pike. I'm going to put it on a pike. I'm going to put their heads on a thing, on a stick. And then I'm going to believe in free speech. It's like, whoa, okay. I mean, I I get like, I get what you're saying. I'm not, not like you're not. The pr principle of what you're saying, I believe is accurate. But like, I don't believe that you're going to do that. You know, I think you're just saying that. But I, I get that you're trying to let the Israel side know, like, I support you. Don't make articles about me. Stop yelling at me for not taking your money. But at the same time, I'll go beat up your enemies for you. So, <laughs> ah, you know, it's like it's like that vibe where you're like, yeah, for sure, bro. Totally. You know, like it's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's just really funny to me. Like, you know, it's like he's like, eh, no, you're, you're you know, you you knew about the pandemic because you're, you're just so smart. And I'm like, I, yes, I believe I'm smart. Thank you. I, I appreciate the flattery. But. I don't believe that you didn't know, you know, he wanted me to just be like, oh yeah, I'm so smart. It's like, no, I, you were, I get it. You were working for the pharmaceutical industry at the time when COVID comes up. I'm not a pharmaceutical CEO. I work for the American people. I work for myself. I'm an entrepreneur. I, I could do whatever I want. And my ethics and my morals overshine my business uh, structure to want to just like take money from people. So like during the pandemic, I was focused on what I believed was righteous. He worked for big pharma. So, you know, that's where the money was. If you worked for a pharmaceutical industry during the pandemic, it's like, ooga, ooga. You know, there's trillions of dollars going around. Of course, you're going to want to go get that money. So it's like, let's just call a spade a spade. It's not, it doesn't make you the worst person in the world. It's just like, I didn't, I knew not because I was super, super smarter than everybody else, because my priority was getting to the core of what was going on, not you know, capitalizing off of the multi-billion dollar government socialist scheme going around where money's just flying. Dude, if you owned a pharma company during COVID tests or whatever, it's like, oh, there's money just flying around. Why would you, you know? So I'm just, I'm just calling it like I see it. Appreciate you guys. God bless. I'm going to take off. Have a beautiful day. I'll be back very, very soon. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to. The first way is dreamrare.com. We have blue beanies, black beanies, pink hats, other colored hats, freedom versus tyranny shirts, 
Stay blessed long sleeve, God is great long sleeve, and lots of more cool items coming soon. Dreamrare.com, check out the shop to support. Everything's made in the United States. Handpicked by me. Patreon.com slash rare talk for $5 a month. You can help support me, support the show. If you haven't noticed, unlike other channels, I don't work with very many sponsors, sometimes none at all. And part of the way I'm able to do that is with the dreamrare.com shop and patreon.com slash rare talk. So thank you guys for keeping this show free, unimpeded, uninterrupted. I'm forever grateful.